Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Do this MF or bro. Big John W back in the place to be. Episode 104. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen. What up, John? Mr. Chris Sheeler. How in the hell are you doing, buddy? Doing good. Feeling great. Feeling feeling life is grand, man. We've made it past 100 episodes. And you know, you were on the or very, very early episode number four. And without your help and all this, this podcast would have never really taken off from there. So I've had a lot of great people behind me and I'm very blessed and very thankful for it. And like I said, you know, you've supported me along this way and it's been badass, man. And I appreciate every bit of it. Loved it. Loved it. And, uh, you know, what's great is I've been trying to do my own thing, not as successful as, uh, Southwest Virginia, Northeast Tennessee's number one podcast provider, Mr. Christopher Sheeler on Sheeler Select. But, uh, you can, however, take a little preview on The God Who Weeps. If you're watching live stream now, you're actually able to see this episode a few days before anyone else. So that's pretty cool. So <laughs> yeah, you follow me, you get to see us. If you follow you, you get to see us. It's uh, double the pleasure, double the fun, uh, something about gum. Fuck it. So, man, 104 episodes bro never would have thought got this far man i mean even when i we i think didn't we do, was you uh with the hell hades episode like number 50 something yeah 50 60 or something like that where it was in the background yeah and even then it was like wow this is episode 50 this is pretty bizarre to me right now i mean i like i've, I've said this countless times on here that you know i felt like the first four or five episodes it just would i was just going to quit but like all right i had my fun no big deal but moved on man and here we are. And it's just like it keeps getting better and better. We were triple digits now, bro. I mean. Shit, yeah. Damn. That's That's yeah. It's a, it's a good feeling, you know, and it's and I'm very proud of myself. And, you know, again, like I said, I'm thankful for y'all. And because this, this is like one of the biggest things I've done with my life that, you know, I took a chance on something and made myself put something out there where the whole Internet would be able to hear it and, you know, give pushback and negative or positive and. You know, I've, before this, I've never done anything like that in my life, I feel like. You know, it's uh, it's interesting. You get a lot of these kids coming up and they're like, you know, I want to be a podcaster. And I was just reading about um, Stranger Things. And uh, the uh, guy that plays the sheriff, David Harborough, I can't remember his damn name for the life of me, but uh, I love him in Hellboy. But he was talking about how he yeah. appreciates that he was famous at 40 as opposed to these kids like Millie Bobby Brown 
uh, she plays 11 and she just turned 18 and everybody, the internet's like, Oh my God, look at her. She's so hot now. And she talked about the negative implications of just like being sexualized since she was 12. And you think about these kids growing up on YouTube and what you just said about being vulnerable mm-hmm. on the internet, you know, a lot of these kids, they don't even know what not being vulnerable is. You don't come like to the table saying, now I'm going to, I'm going to throw myself out there and then get all this hate and have no basic shell to deal with it. You know, uh, there's an old uh, Anderson Credo. Fuck them. I'll be all right. But, you know, <laughs> I, I don't think like, you know, when you're you know, 10 to 15 years old, you're not getting that in your life. You're, you know, you're upset that you've had your first heartbreak, first crush. You didn't ace a math exam. Like no. things are very relatively different for you. You know, it's wild about, you know, you always hear those stories that people who, or children who got famous real young seem to have the most, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't know if mental head case is the right word or as, but they all, they have more problems. It seems like at that young age, just because I don't know if the brain is able to handle that type of exposure and that type of pressure at a young age. And um, yeah, and they grow up and having, they, yeah. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say, they have more issues. It's more, more often than not. Like uh, I was just reading an article not too long ago on um, Judy Garland and like, like the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah, super, super famous when she was young, and the studio actually would drug them up with uppers for you know these long shoots, you know, 24, 48, 72 hour shoots. And then when they needed them to uh, like you know sack out for a few hours, they took them to the hospital, dope them up, drop them out. And at the end of her life, when she died of an overdose, it was uh, or like a heart attack or whatever, she was taking. It was something like enough prescription medication for 20 or 30 people to like use. Um, and, you know, she uh, she died very, fairly young, like in her 50s. So, you know, she she had a rough go of it. And, you know, she started out young and it, it can fuck you up. How can that be legal that they would give? I don't know how old she was, but would you say uppers and downers or whatever? I mean, how could anybody even just do that? Or back then, I mean, what was this, 40s or 50s? Nobody yeah. would know what they were, the damages they were causing? I don't think they give a shit. I mean, I don't think they give a shit now. It's just uh, there's there's more people that are like, hey, cut it out, pedo. But <laughs> you'll, you'll, uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's a weird place. So, you know, again, getting back to that positivity of putting yourself out there getting something good coming from it i'm glad that you're able to do it you know after you've defined and realized who you are i'm still trying to figure out who the fuck i am on most days uh other than uh funny and handsome (laughs) well you're damn good at funny and handsome bro (laughs) that's what i try to do what is it uh i fucked up and fell down uh, a lot trying to learn how to ski and i mean an hour in i just went back took my tickets i handed the dude and he's like, what happened? Uh, too easy for you? He's like, nah. I said, God told me that I could uh, I could have three things. I was like, if you either be, you know, handsome, good at skiing, or funny. And I asked him, I was like, what if I was just really funny? And uh, the guy just looked at me like stone cold, like, <laughs> I'll send my money back, thanks. But, <laughs> you know, it's being able to figure out who you are is a big deal. And like, I'm... I'm doing it. You're doing it. And I like, uh, yeah, I like that, that cold honesty, but back into something more fun. Man. Do you think, 
You know, all right. So we were at this cookout with some friends last night and we were talking about stuff like this. And it seems like more often than not that more people always say that, or I'm learning, speaking of learning about ourselves and stuff that more people say, like, Oh, I still don't have no idea what I'm doing with my life or what my plans are or whatever, you know, and you know, thirties and forties and whatever. One thing that used to fuck me up was that, you know, going out of college, if I didn't, when I didn't have a plan or knew what I was going to do, I felt like a huge loser. I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, I don't know where life is going to go right now. And I used to think that was weird, but it seems like, I guess my point is, is that it's really not weird because more people don't know than what I really used to think. Yeah. I mean, it's right out of college. I was like, Hey, I'm a a manager now. Uh, I got a management degree. I I can do managing things and got into the job market. And they're like, you don't know shit about fuck. And I was like, (laughs) um, thank you for that. They're like, yeah, have you, uh, (laughs) like what, what makes you come in here? Like, you know, I was, uh, definitely trying to, you know, punch over my weight and certain jobs trying to get that. And then it's like, well, what do you do? So I started out doing door to door sales and uh, figured out that if a company is going to have you put all your shit on your own dime and not pay you, I'm out. Like that's uh, too much risk for that. But then, I mean, there's a lot of people in sales that they're okay with starting their own business, doing their own sales, fronting up all their money and then making all the profit. And I think that that's something that we've not been prepared for. So we just get thrown out there, like you're saying. You know, there's no preparedness and you feel like, you know, you've been in the structure, you know, 12 years of school plus four or two or six or none. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're like, well, here you go. Get a job. Well, well how do I get a job? Like, and who do I talk to? Who do I do this? And they're like, well, that's not our fucking problem. We just charged you. Uh, what's the going rate for uh, Radford now? Like, I think it's 14, 14, I think maybe 15. I can't remember off the top of my head. 14 or 15. I want to say. Yeah, and that's so. But we'll go with fifteen for easy math. That's sixty k in four years. Yep. You know, it's uh, sixty sixty grand, and that that's cheap. A lot of kids are graduating with a hundred hundred and eighty thousand dollars in debt, and they're like, "What the shit? What do I do?" And they're like, "Well, um, well, my favorite was always, well, you're a college graduate. You're smart. Figure it out." Like, well, fuck you, man. Like, uh, I'm I'm good at this. I'm not good at everything, including finding a fucking job. Help. Yeah. All right. So this says, all right, I might have been wrong on that. So just tuition and fees is about eleven five. But then if you go into personal transportation, booking supplies, then room and board. So if you're on room and board, it's about twenty six thousand with that all together. I mean, boom, that's one hundred and four K right off. Yeah. So I wonder if that's just for your first year, you would probably have to pay twenty six thousand. Then after that, if you live off campus. I mean, so I don't, I don't remember it getting cheaper as we got through. Like, I don't remember being like, oh, you can pay less money. Well, that's true. Because, yeah, I mean, paying for your apartments and stuff were just as high as probably. Um, it was It was a little cheaper, you know, uh, doing the struggle. I think we we're all uh, grinding those minimum wage jobs while working uh, like shit. Dude, I was pulling 50 hours uh, between 12 <laughs> and 18 credit hours, working out occasionally, uh, you know getting to have some fun. Yeah. We had a lot of fun though. Uh, there, there's some stories running around. <laughs> We've talked about a couple of them on here, I think, but yeah. Yeah. yeah we, uh, would you say college was the best years of your life? Hmm. No. Cause, um, 
that means you're always looking at a certain point and uh, basically aggrandizing it and you're not doing shit all with your life. You know, I always hated that. Like, were they good years? Yeah, they were great. And I appreciated them. But, you know, every every year comes with this level of suck. Like getting old sucks. I'm looking at um, there's a new video game was coming out. Um, it's called shit. It's like the final or the lost faith, the last faith or something. Give me just a second. Uh, I was looking at one today called Star Starloft, but but yeah. did something. Uh, they had the little showcase today. I don't know if you saw uh, Starfield. That's what it's called. Um, is that the one that looks like uh, No Man's Sky, the little steampunky? Yeah, like No Man's Sky and Fallout come together and make, yeah, yeah. It looks pretty sick. Yeah, but I mean that's going into do I think college was best year just like no I mean they they give us a lot of fantastic games like it was a 360 was uh our big go-to and I think the PlayStation 2 and 3 around them because uh three yeah 360 was because PlayStation 3 came out and they didn't want three yeah yeah but you know like the games now are just you know, the graphics are incredible. Some of the gameplay and stories that have come out are immaculate. You know, not everything is Super Mario Brothers. Like growing up with that, I wouldn't say the heyday of video games were in the 80s and 90s, but they had some great shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, so what, what about you? Like, uh, what's your thoughts on it? Um, you know, everyone used to, it's one of those things that, Growing up, everyone always used to say, you know, these are going to be the best years of your life and enjoy it. And it was, I guess, because I had that mindset that like, oh, yeah, these are going to be the best years of my life. And I guess I always was thinking that. And then, you know, after we graduate now, now that we talk about it, it's kind of I agree with exactly what you said that, you know, looking back on it. Yeah. You know, they were probably some of the better years just because we were all together. Like me, you, Matt, Loon, the Dalton brothers, Raj. Frank, all of them. We could just get together anytime we wanted to. And yep. it was always just like, who gives a shit on, you know, what we're doing really. It was just kind of like get together and let's just go get a, a keg or a cheap ass keg or a 30 pack of beast light. And just play it was party. always a cheap ass keg. Exactly. And it was, oh. yeah, and it was just kind of like, you know, there was really, I don't want to say no cares or no worries, but there was kind of like that to an extent that it was just all about us just living for the moment and hanging together and, you know, just living at the time and just kind of like, well, you know, we're having the best night of our life. Tomorrow morning's going to suck, but, but yeah, but, and it, and now it's kind of, when I look at it, that, you know, maybe it was some of the better years because yeah, we get together, but we don't get together as much anymore. And, and right. even when we try to play video games now, it's just kind of like, we you know, we had a Friday night thing going on there for a while, but that's kind of basically dispersed and I, uh, I want to go ahead and blame gears five for being a shit game. <laughs> um, if it was worth a single fuck, we would still be playing. And cause I mean, dude, we were playing gears one, two, three, mm-hmm. four, a little bit, but then we were playing three for a while before wasn't that great. And then we got back into five and five just shit the bed so hard that you know, we just stopped playing. And there really wasn't another cohesive game that, uh, we could be about and get about. That's a, that's a tough thing that we cannot find a game now that we all can play simultaneously and actually enjoy. You know, we all tried Halo for a bit and that wasn't cutting the cheese. And I guess uh, it's really that. And was there something else that we were trying or y'all were trying? So, I mean, let's see here. What are the, the bangers lately? So of course, Call of Duty. 
yeah. and uh, I mean, some of us still do, but the the issue was that Gears was one of the few games, and it still does allow more than four to five player co-op. And I mean, we were playing against each other in team death matches, but at least we could get the whole squad together. Halo does that, but it didn't, like the new Halo was good. It just felt very arcadey. And like, we didn't overly gravitate to it. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah I, I, think, I think it's kind of what it is too, though, that, you know, we don't always gravitate to it because, you know, we don't, well, for me, for example, me personally speaking, that you know, I end up you know shooting the bed on a game, just sucking it up, and it just kind of gets frustrating. It's like, why am I fucking playing this? And yeah, oh. when you're not good, it's, and it's that's probably I guess with anything in life, if you're not good at it instantaneously, you're just kind of like, fuck it, I don't want to do this anymore. But I guess if you kept grinding and kept playing, and you get better at it, but yeah, well, I think that's part of it that we're not good at it, or I'm not. Hey, watch, watch your fucking tone. But face <laughs> <laughs> at your voice. Uh, it's, uh, those are fine words, sir. Um, you know, you get into playing these games and there are people that have dedicated themselves. I think, um, the last time I was looking at, uh, not Elder Scrolls, but, uh, Elden Ring and the dude, I mean, this was a game where people were talking about grinding through a souls, like dark souls for the, you know, like a really just grinding through this epically large, difficult game. And then a dude crushes it in two hours. Same dude crushes it in an hour. Same dude crushes it in 22 minutes or some shit. And like, you know, he's yeah. using legitimate in-game glitches. So he's not, you know, trying to do anything where he's, uh, you know, manipulating the system outside of what they programmed. I mean, you know, he's just crushing it going through. And, you know, these are people that are going through and, Kids now, and I say kids because really they're looking up game tactics and strategies for min-maxing that we didn't have access to and never even heard of. And so they're like, oh, I play this one game super well because this is what the elite gamers do. Mm -hmm. That's awesome because now people realize that it's just as popular as sports. And we've, I think we kicked this ball a few times over the last uh, many episodes. Yeah. That's why colleges are like, oh, we're going to have an esports team. Why? Because we don't fucking hate money. That's why. I told you Radford's doing that right now, right? Yeah. yeah. They're almost ready. Got it ready to go. They renovated a whole new place out of Cook. And it's like, you know, top of the line stuff, like the fastest internet cables they can get. They got a guy that's basically the coach. So it's pretty impressive, you know? Yeah. What's uh, less impressive is the fact that they didn't tag one of us in, like to bring us in as a coach. So... I was hoping Radford be a top tier school. I guess maybe next year when they reach out to us. What do you What do you think goes? And I don't know anything about this. I mean, I don't know if you do, but if you were a coach of an esports team, what exactly goes into it? Like, are you a master of the game and you're just trying to give out strategies and how to execute them, like to the players? What, so, what, what would a coach actually do? What do you think? So the coach is probably going to be responsible for making sure that your setup is optimal for the game that you're playing. So they're going to be a technical expert more than actually a game expert themselves. Now they need to be good at gaming. And I mean, you you can't have a a shit gamer be a good coach. I mean, anybody that's in the NFL or basketball, they've got good bones. They've played the game. They understand it. They got the rudimentary fundamentals down enough to where they can start expanding on these higher level games. So if you're playing a a team-based game, you're not only teaching these kids how to, I guess young adults at this point, because they're in college, but you're 
now developing not only their skills, like, okay, um, we'll do drills where uh, I love uh, one of them is you take a keypad. It's numbers uh, zero through nine. Okay. The old number pad. Yeah. You move the mouse and you hit the one through or zero through nine as your mouse is over a circle. And so basically you're doing shapes and drills. So these are drills kids do for fun now. And they're uh, very good at having you kind of reflexively learn which key to press while your mouse is over what area. There's, you know, I mean, different. And I'm just talking about, uh, well, that would work for real-time strategy or first-person shooter or anything like that. But, you know, then you're, you're teaching how do you set up uh, we'll go with Starcraft too. You know, how are you setting up your favorite, um, I guess, uh, race? So you have like the Zerg, the Toss, Terran. You know, what are your base, best setup strategies? Are you going to be offensive? Are you going to be defensive? Um, are you going to be playing with teammates? Are you trying to help provide support? Like, you're going to be mastering how to teach these people how to elevate their game so that they're performing their specific function. It's the same way with any other coach. You know, you don't have to be the best coach to teach a running back how to do their job, but you need to be able to point to them and say, here's where you need to improve. Here's the metric that you need to improve it by. And here's the process by which you do it. So it's an exciting field. So there's a lot of opportunity for people to really go and go in there and say, hey, there's tons of YouTube videos about people who are like, go through this, do this for anything, any sport. And being able to point that shit out. So I think that's the process they're going to go through. You're going to see them more like a basketball, football coach than somebody sitting down being like, hi, my name's Ninja and I'm getting ready to uh, own shit on Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, that makes perfect sense. You know, you, you don't mind sitting, studying the game, studying every little detail about it. And then, it's, you know, just like you said, like sports, going back and watching the game film or video game film, whatever you want to call it and saying, okay, you made this X move here when you should have, you know, did the Y move or whatever. Then you should have, right. you know, zig before you zagged or whatever. And it's just one of those things. I mean, that's what all the great elites do. They sit down and figure out what they're doing wrong. And like you said, you know, with button mapping, you know, now I want to press their using muscle memory to like press down certain numbers at a certain time and whatever, making that connection between the brain and the muscle. And, and yeah, but yeah, it's, it's wild that that's, it's come this far and it's so awesome that actually kids now are probably are, you know, when they say I want to be a pro video gamer, you know, their parents don't look at them like, what the fuck? You know, you're not, you're not going to waste your life. And now it's kind of actually like, yeah, dude, go try it for it. Get a college scholarship, bro. Motherfucking scholarship, baby. So real talk. Exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, I'll, I'll throw out a random uh, stat for you. So to be a professional Starcraft 2 gamer in South Korea is like 2015, 2018, some shit like that. In your first couple of minutes, you had to make 300 individual moves per minute. That was like most gamers were between 240 and like your top tier were 300 plus per minute. Of like individual moves. Now, of course, you're talking about like, you know, clicking, button mapping and things like that. But I mean, you're almost typing out full sentences by like hotkey commands and stuff as you're moving your mouse to tell your different units to go X, Y, and Z. And that's impressive. It's very impressive. Is it one of those like labs or not a lab? Like there's, what do they have? Like there's, 
yeah, like a computer lab, just a string of computers. So, and those people were just sitting there playing all day long. They come like like an internet cafe or video game cafe. And oh, dude, uh, that they, that's big in Korea or something. Bro, have you not seen these stadiums that have that? So think think about you know Wayne Stadium or you know any any stadium that'll hold 200,000 people. Okay. They have the big you know four screens up you know uh, above the stadium so people can see it. But then they'll literally have you know, two rows, opposite teams of uh, professional gamers and they come up and they sit down and they, they fucking game and you can watch it and they're displaying like various screens and times and stuff that's going on. It's taken legitimately and uh, it's coming over here in the States because we ain't shit. Again, like we're streaming it right now on Twitch. I hear Twitch is kind of a big deal. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, yeah. Do you think South Korea or China has is the best country at video games? Like, if there was Olympics for video games, like, what country would be the best? I mean, if it was hacking, China hands down. Like, they are absolutely crushing it. So I don't know if they have time to play video games. North North Korea, kind of the same. Uh, South Korea, though, they they tend to take more of a uh, I don't know democratic view of uh, computing, where they actually get to enjoy what they're doing. I don't know. Maybe there's a I can't say that. There's a lot of hackers enjoy breaking into uh, government systems here in the U.S. Yeah. I, I, uh, speaking of that, you know, that training I was telling you about earlier, that they were talking about MIT and their stuff. And it was kind of like, they say like, yeah, we beg hackers to try to break into our stuff. And if they can, we offer them like full scholarships and a job at the end of their school in, school year or whatever. It's like, wow. So, yeah. I, and I think other companies actually do that too, like Apple and big ones like that. Like they ask people to try to hack into their stuff. Is that true? Oh, dude, Tesla's uh, best story on Tesla. Uh, dude hacked in, and he he's a white hat hacker or white hat hacker, and so he had you know showed a lot of bugs, and he owned a Tesla, <clears throat> and he found out that the way uh, Tesla interacted with their main hub is that they validated any of the vehicles immediately. So if you could pass through the vehicle's OS, and I'm basically glossing over a lot of really technical bullshit because I didn't understand it. <laughs> you went through the car into the, uh, basically like it's the mother hub or something of Tesla and could issue commands directly to other Tesla cars. And uh, he's like, holy shit, this is huge. And I don't mean like, oh, turn the lights off. Full autonomous control and um, he was actually, uh, because he had submitted tickets and he knew the uh, security officer of Tesla, he's like, hey, um, you guys have a really big issue with this. And the guy's like, no, I don't. And uh, he's like, uh, I'm pretty sure you do. I'll prove it. And he's like, all right. He's like, where are you? And he goes, well, I'm, I'm at the house just walking around. And he goes, hold on. I'm sending your car to you now. And he's like, no, you're in this car drove up. And he's like, how the fuck? And so they end up hiring the guy and uh, they fixed the patch or they patched it and uh, fixed the problem. But that was one of the you know instances. There's a lot of uh, ethical hackers. I mean, the guy that's been working on iPhones since the iPhone 6 jailbroke iPhones 1 through 5. Maybe it was 7. I don't know which version he came in, but mm -hmm. yeah. You know, you used to get, uh, find a very good jailbreaking app online for iPhone and it was just one dude and he kept doing it. And he's like, yeah, this is how you make your iPhone not suck. 
<laughs> well, and Apple was just like, please stop. He's like, I'm not doing anything illegal. I'm just making a better product. And they're like, please stop, please stop. Fuck it, we'll hire you. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'm not sure. And they're like, here's the kind of money we're willing to offer you. He's like, God damn, I got a job. So he works for them now. Yeah, that's awesome. But you know, there's a lot of uh, ethical hacking that happened just so you can see the stuff. And it's a lucrative career because, you yeah. know, especially with AI and the stuff that's going through that people are able to go and actually use bots to run, uh, you know, complicated DDoS uh, attacks, as well as, you know, how to, I guess, um, this is where I get a little fuzzy, you know, being able to use different avenues for entry, not just, you know, your typical phishing and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, there's a lot of interesting tools that they use and, you know, hackers keep getting better and better at hacking in and, you know, there's, it's a lucrative career field. Yeah, you know, I feel like we need those ethical hackers. I'm glad you said it that way. My mind or was not putting it together as ethical hacking, and I like that. Just because, you know, that shit gets in the wrong hands, you know, obviously serious power can go down, and they're not going to give it back up. You know, didn't we talk about on here, like, the last time, like, was it the uh, the gas line got hacked or whatever? I think. line got hacked, and they're like uh, $3 million or some shit. Well, then all the gas prices went up in the U.S. Yeah, well, speaking of that. Uh, what do you? I don't want to. Ch- we change courses here, but what do you think? We're going to see five dollars a gallon here soon. Motherfucker, I see five dollars a gallon now. Oh, <laughs> today at the gas station today. I haven't seen it that high yet. I think four eighty something. I've seen. It. I mean, I would say drive around. You'll find it. But fuck those prices. God damn. Hey, driving around, bro. Ah, don't need to do that shit. Um, do you think that I got a theory of working here and I don't know if I've told you about it I have just act like I haven't but you remember that gas guzzler tax they did or where a few years back during recession to, to bail out all the companies like you trade in a gas guzzler and um, you remember that $4,500 bullshit I guess uh, that's what it was I don't remember um, first I think it was Obama round one yeah and, it was right back then turn in your old fuel inefficient cars and uh, we'll, we'll give you a $4,500. I think that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. I had a buddy that uh, did that. He had a, he shouldn't have done it because now that truck would probably be worth like a million bucks, but it was right. like 3,500 diesel dually Dodge. And he's like, wow, the thing uses too much gas. I'm like how many miles you got on it? I had like 30,000 miles. It's like, it was a probably like a 12, 10 or a 12. And so now because of the chip shortage and everything and vehicles being through the roof and it being like a, an actual work vehicle, yeah, $4,500 wouldn't even cover the tires. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm wondering if they're going to offer that up again for people to go electric and truck, get an electric vehicle. You know, I saw Toyota starting to promote like more of that. Well, we have the most electric cars now come shop with us or whatever their ad was. Uh, they might. And I mean, no matter what happens, it's always us footing the bill for us to be able to buy this shit. You know, it's, uh, it's taxpayer money. It's like they're, the government does not have money. They just print it out and deflate ours. Mm. But uh, I mean, I think they'll do something like that. But right now the, the problem is that there's not enough, um, 
whatchamacallit, there's, there's not enough electric vehicles for people to be, be able to purchase. So I go out there and buy a new electric car and you don't get it for $4,000. Well, well, fuck, man, where do I get one? <laughs> so Tesla's having production issues as always. I mean, the Cybertruck is going to be coming out in 2020. That's so what they said, yeah. Yeah, well, the problem is it's 2022 and I ain't seen no fucking truck. They're still taking reservations on it too. I looked it up the other day. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I said, when's this thing coming out? Yeah. I mean, fuck Rivian already has a truck and it's uh price competitive and far more attractive. And then you've got, um, let's see here, the Ford lightning. So uh, that's yeah. a sexy looking truck too. I was like reading reviews on them. I like it. Ford, Ford has always made a very attractive truck because when you see it broken down on the side of the road, you don't want to look. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. I shouldn't have said that one. We're going to go ahead and just the whole section. We're good. We're good. Don't worry. Sorry, Ford. We're just playing. <laughs> we just playing. So watch, watch me end up getting a fucking Ford truck later. Yeah. Like, what, what was that shit you talked to me like? Uh, what? Uh, I was just playing. On the side of the road. But do you think even if, or the, I don't know, I, I'm not intelligent enough to even be talking about this, but like do you, if we all went electrical, could our electrical grid even handle charging this many cars? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, not even, dude. Ask Texas. Like, That's they right. They can't keep old people hot or cold long enough to keep them from dying. And uh, the electrical companies were like, "Well, this is going to be an issue." And the government's like, "Fuck off, it's not an issue." And they're like, "It's going to be an issue." And the government's like, "Fuck off, it's not going to be an issue." And <laughs> all of a sudden, it happened, and they're like, "Why didn't you guys fix this?" Like, we, we told you it was going to be a fucking issue. Yeah. But uh, then they're like, oh, it's the it's the greedy electric companies. I'm like, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Because let me tell you something. If you want to buy electricity and there is a company that has the means to supply electricity, they're going to give you as much as you're willing to buy. It's simple math. And so they're like, well, you know, the grid sucks. And I think there was something to do there. There's a multi-layered and it's like a lot of people shit the bed on this one really hard. But um, ultimately it was just that they didn't have the system that was capable of even, you know, domiciled powering, let alone the fact that you're putting a 220 uh, special uh, hookup for each of your cars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're, you're drawing on that at night. Now, you know, there's a lot of uh, things that Tesla's trying to do. And I think other car companies are going to do that as well, is that you can basically get, a uh, you get their power station, but the car will act as a backup generator in case of an emergency. So if you have it plugged in, it'll reverse flow. Yeah, that's what the what, yeah I saw that with the white, and it does it too, right? I think so. Yeah, you oh. can go up to your house, and it's like a generator for three days or something. And it, it's all depends on how much you use. I mean, if you're trying to you know fire up the box, you know, cook a big meal for a family of twelve, and you've got uh, three, four freezers going, and you're running the hot water and shit. Yeah, it'll go out in three hours, but you know, otherwise it does give you the ability to say, Hey, you know, I got the lights on. It's an emergency. Now what sucks is that if you are in a sustained emergency and they don't fix that shit, well, now all of a sudden your car's dead. Mm-hmm. So you're like, well, I'm stuck here now. This is where I live. Yeah. No shit. But- I, was, I was looking up the stat. Um, somebody I followed posted this and I'll just pull it up here. And it was like basically saying groceries are up 11.9 percent which is the biggest increase since 1979 chickens up 17.4 percent which is the largest ever 
Yeah, restaurants are up nine, the largest ever. Fuel and oil, 107%, largest ever increase. Electricity, 12%, and that's the largest since 06. Then it goes into rent, airfare, and services, which has been the largest since like 1980s and 1990s. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to a recession, you think? I mean, going means that we could head it off and that we wouldn't be in it. We're, we're just not experiencing the effects yet as uh, detrimentally as it could be. Yeah, we're, what is it? It's a uh, recession or repression. It's something like it's a recession and a depression simultaneously are going to hit. And that's super fun because of all the money that they've been printing since 2020. It's like 60, 70% of all the U.S. dollar in circulation uh, that has, no, that has ever been minted has been minted since 2020. Wow. So... Yeah, you got like stagflation and shit like that that are going through and people are spending money, aren't spending money, you know, new video games being 70 bucks as opposed to 60, fuck you, Call of Duty. Uh, bring that shit back down to a, a regular 60. It's been, it's been 60 fucking dollars since I bought goddamn Chrono Trigger, all right? That shit came out for the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Cut that shit out, man. There's a standard. Yeah, taking this back to video games, just because we got off a little side tangent there. And I like talking about stuff like that with you just because I like your opinions on it. And I don't know a lot about it and I don't keep up with it. But do you think that with the state of things and everything that we're going to see, like how, you know, when uh, PlayStation made the uh, PS4, was it PS4 Pro? Yeah, you have the PS5 Pro and the Xbox, whatever the fucking they're going to call it, is slated for 2023 or 24. So they are going to go ahead and do that. and Yeah. So I, I just picked up the S because I was like, I'm not trying to find $500 box that they're going to upgrade. You know, I, I've been holding out, finally picked it up, picked it up. And then they announced it like two weeks later. I was like, fuck. Where'd you get the S at? It was, that's pretty easy to get. I bet, right? yeah, you can find them. Yeah. It seems yeah. like the Xboxes and the S's are more, or easier to get right now. And PlayStation, you still can't get them. PlayStation only has the one that I'm aware of. I don't think they have a, a PlayStation tiny. Yeah, it's like the dig- they have a digital and a disc is all they have. Yeah. And both of them are still, you cannot get them. So, right. as far as I know. Yeah. And random. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think the S is built off of similar architecture as the Xbox One Series S. I mean, the form factor is slightly smaller, but I mean, other than the uh, chipset, probably a very similar, again, it's 500 gigabytes, easy to throw together and say, hey, here, play a new system, yeah. which, I mean, it's still less in quality specs versus the Xbox Series X, but gets the job done. I'm I'm now current gen again. Yeah. You know what game I've been playing lately? Playing. I downloaded Microsoft Flight Simulator on the daily Game Pass or whatever. There it is. And it's not, I mean, there's not really a lot. Well, there's a lot to do, but it's also not a lot to do at the same time. Like after you take off, He's like, well, I guess I'll see. And it's actually legit. Like, I flew from Charlotte to Blacksburg, I think. And it legitimately looked, took over an hour to get there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is actually real. Like, I thought I would be there in, like, GTA flying, like, you know, 20 minutes, 10 minutes. You know? Legitimate simulator. Yeah. And, uh, it's the gold standard right now for flight sims. It's it's a lot of, you know, I have it, like, kind of with a lot of help. I probably the easy or medium level. But it's intense, dude. Like, so much little things that I'm still trying to learn and get. And, you know, I've only played it, you know, six seven times but i keep itching to go back and play it just because and even if you use the actual live maps i think i don't know if it goes off i guess it would go off bing ain't bing's microsoft yeah 
Yeah, like I guess Bing Maps. But yeah, you actually like flew over Radford and flew over my house. And the maps are kind of like Muse was actually like a flat building, but it still had the same outline of it. And I was like, that's not Muse. But yeah, it's kind of cool. It's kind of fun, though. But it's kind of like you don't want to play it for all day long. But you're kind of like, all right, I have my fix. I'll go land this plane. So yeah, we can uh, hop in like to New York, take off and be like, oh, where are you going? L.A. And uh, see how it goes for you. <laughs> do some work, come back in a few hours and see if you overshot it. Exactly. Well, like I was playing it tonight when we, before we got on here and like I was flying from LaGuardia to Boston and I think this said like estimated like one hour or something. And I was like, mm, I wonder if I just keep letting it fly while we go do this. And I was like, ah, I'll just go ahead and pause it. But, yeah. but I was looking up stuff, man. Like, some people make these extravagant rigs, you know, just for flying. Actually, it's like a real legitimate cockpit and, you know, they incorporate the whole now, even for racing games and stuff, it's like a legit racing cockpit. Dude, uh, flight sims and racing sims own the market in accessories and peripheries. I mean, the things that people do to set it up to make it look legitimate is beyond impressive. I mean, it is, I mean, people will spend, you know, five grand on a rig and then they'll, uh, what are you drinking, by the way? Oh, uh, uh, it's called Howler Head. Okay. It's banana whiskey. Banana whiskey? Yep. You know, now I've got a... Even whiskey with natural banana flavor. Uh, yeah, I mean, we got to do that with some uh, screwball and see how it is. Uh, so it's not as pow- overpowering uh, as um, peanut butter. The peanut butter's got more taste. Yeah. Um, you can see it, this gives you just a hint of it, and you're like, okay, it's still whiskey, but just with it. But um, the guy Dana White, who uh, runs the UFC, it's his brand, and okay. it's almost as hard as to get as Buffalo Trace and any other thirty dollar whiskey. So if I see it, it's just one of those things I grab it. So, but I, I feel like you can find that a little bit more easier than Buffalo Trace. But yeah, so but I like it. You know, it's like I said, it's eighty proof. Um, it's just Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, and it's just not. A, it's like a little bit of banana, but not not enough to overpower the whiskey. And I, I dig it. Nice. I'm doing a little Kentucky spirit single barrel. Ooh, Kentucky. And uh, let's see here. It's uh, it's a low fifty point five percent ABV, so 101 proof. Not bad. And I'm not trying to get my McConaughey on because that was uh, cute. I I enjoy now that our uh, press briefings in the U.S. have uh, celebrity guest stars. I mean, to be fair, I feel like we should have been doing this for a very long time because who the fuck cares about the celebrity or the press briefings? But yeah. now it's like, and introducing today out of uh, Arlen, Texas, or wherever the fuck he lives. He's Austin. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, I saw that too. And I was like, is this legit? Or is this just something kind of, I thought maybe he was a plug in a movie or something. I, yeah, I was like. Okay. But yeah, I guess it was legit though, right? I don't guess he plugged any movie. But yeah, it was in fact a legitimate United States taxpayer paid for service announcement. Is that trying to get more what ratings? It's like, oh, we got Matthew McConaughey. You know, I like Matthew McConaughey in his movies and stuff. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, but I mean, you know, it will. I mean, I don't know. Is our country, are we living in a fantasy land? I mean, where are we going with, you know, we had Donald Trump president. Now we're we just going to have us, whatever celebrity want to, and start running. Isn't the rock talking about running for president? I mean, is this, this oh, yeah, in uh, 2020? 
Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it'd be fun to see him. But I mean, we've we've had celebrity presidents. Reagan was a celebrity president. Uh, California's best governor, governor, in my opinion, was Schwarzenegger. The governor. Yeah, yeah. It's just. Is it a joke anymore? Just all right, whoever just wants to go do it, just somebody go do it? Or? I think so. I think it's just like people, or people are tired of bullshit, but they want to hear it in a brand new flavor and rapper. It's just one of those old, like exactly. It's just a bullshit. Is it a bullshit job? And it's just like, all right, whoever just wants to come do it now and just hate their life and go through this. I mean, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people legitimately probably go through the process of actually wanting to help out and change things and make them better. But, you know, corrupt government gets a hold of them and then they go down this whole negative spiral and they turn into this person they never intended they were going to be. And I don't know, maybe that's just me generally speaking, but I feel like that's kind of how it seems like the normal path of all these politicians politicians go. You know, Nancy Pelosi with the insider trading now and making millions of dollars and for trade, which is awesome. Her husband was doing it. Was she doing it her husband? I can't remember. Both. I mean, like her husband. So it was her and or her husband that bought a shitload of Tesla stock right before. It was literally the day before they awarded the government contract. Yeah. And uh, it jumped up. So they made, I think it was like a smooth hundred million or something. Nothing crazy, but he just invested like <laughs> million in uh, another stock, I think last week, week before. And all this stuff is public knowledge, but the problem is they they post it. I think it's uh, it cycles every week or three, like somewhere in there. But, you know, there's no other group. That, I mean, they made insider trading absolutely illegal, but then you get, you know, Congress. And they're like, man, eh, but, but not us. I mean, fuck, man. Like, we need to make money. It's the only, uh, only government gig where you can make 200K a year and in six years have seven, eight million dollars in the bank. And it's like. Yeah, it makes zero sense. I think her, somebody looked it up. I can't remember who's talking about it. I forgot her annual salary for her government salary was a couple hundred grand a year. Yeah. She's a multi. Yeah, multi, multi millionaire. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? It's like, what the fuck, bro? I mean, it's, it's all of them up there. There's not a, uh, I've never met a poor congressman after about, you know, four, six years in. They're like, well, you know, I'm doing okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I bet you are. Uh, I bet you are, man. I mean, but is even speaking about you know ethical hacking and doing that type. I mean, is it just a person just becomes so like out of just watching out for me now? Just so narcissist or narcissism that mm, just watching out for number one. It's all about me. Who cares what you know everyone else thinks about me as long as I'm rich? Is that just part of the process? Maybe I don't, I don't know. Was it power corrupts? Absolute power corrupts, absolutely. You know, it's a tried and true thing. You know, you get you get in these places and uh, you see these individuals, regardless of uh, if they're, you know, the number one basketball player or number one football player, you know, best at uh, bullshit in the country and the lead of the uh, the House or the Senate at any given time. I mean, these, these people, you know, they're, they're considered the best in their career and what they do and they're making an ass load of money. So, yeah, probably going to be cocky. You know, there's honestly no reason for them not to be. I get that. I mean, I, I understand that. And if you, I mean, if you come from doing that stuff and making that type of money, I get it. But as far as cheating everybody else and doing the insider stuff and it's just, you know, stacking a deck. Hey, hey. But it's one of those things that if somebody 
if somebody came to me tomorrow morning and said, Hey dude, if you invest $10,000 into stock, Sheeler select, I bet you, I guarantee you will trip. Oh, it's 2024. <laughs> <laughs> but I get, I mean, like, what am I going to be like? Like, you know, you're going to look it up. Like, it's just got legit or whatever. You know, it's like, that's, is that an insider move? Is that an insider trading? Like he's like, Oh, I got some specs that some people, you know, so come any, by, by your podcast. Yeah. They have any information that is not publicly accessible, then it's insider trading. Sure. And it can be, it, it's a pretty slippery slope to try to prove that it wasn't. But again, if you're, if you're in Congress, it's like, yep, it was insider trading, like moving right along. You still mess with stocks and Bitcoin? You don't have to talk about, you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but. Well, I mean, I still, uh, I fought a little bit with Ethereum. Yeah. And uh, I mean, of course there was the trying to buy the Doge low, uh, when it was low. Of course I, uh, I sold some Doge. I think it was shit. I don't think I even had like a week between when I sold Doge and it jumped up uh, 10,000%. Could have ralphed on that one. It's like, yeah, you know, I like you know, 100 bucks worth of Doge, but it had been worth like 10 grand. I wouldn't have hated that. You haven't been messing with NFTs yet? I know. Like, I like the idea of NFTs because people in video games spend a shitload of money for fancy skins. And from that aspect, I realize people like to be got. They always have they like shiny things, they like foily things. They they want the new, they want the biggest, the brightest, the best. Everybody is like, you know, big Texas, big America energy. We still have the number one export in the US is culture. You know, people say what you will, like we're bitching about gas prices and stuff. We're talking about how everything's awful. Good point. But still everybody everybody wants to get on that American dollar. They want to be here. They want to do this stuff and now, is that going to be the case in the next couple of years? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park We'll see. It depends on if uh, we really hit kind of this next level of uh, monetary fuckery that's happening through. But I still think that, you know, we we hold a, a strong appeal for what the American lifestyle is because, you know, again, we're sitting in air conditioned rooms. We're on a high speed Internet, which a lot of places now, a lot of other countries are having that. But, you know, every every time a war breaks out, it's not fucking here. It's some True. other place. True. And uh, what is it uh, George Carlin said years ago? With a lot of brown people. We really love brown, uh, bombing brown people. <laughs> it's fucked up. It is. It's always like, you know, some third world country that we're like, oh, we're going to, uh, or, uh, I don't know, we might get second if uh, China tries to take over 
how, how do I put this? The, uh, the area that self-identifies as Taiwan because uh, China says it's them, Taiwan says it isn't. And if you ask any uh, American film studio, Taiwan is definitely a part of China. If you ask Taiwan, <laughs> it fucking isn't. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I like your point on our biggest export is culture. That's I never that I never thought about it that way, but it makes a lot of sense. And and even though that you know, speaking of China, don't didn't they um take one of the Marvel movies and change uh fuck like is it a Tibetan character um yeah who Doctor Strange goes and sees or whatever, but they made it something different in China. I'm butchering this completely, so sorry, folks. But but yeah, China was like, nah, we don't want this because they don't like. Somebody for it was, oh, I can't be which which Marvel movie do you mean? Because I feel like it was a doctor, the, the Doctor Strange movie where um oh no they changed that one they changed Black Panther they changed uh, Shang Chi uh, they changed Mulan uh, I'm just talking about Disney films at this point um, each and every one of them has had specific Chinese edits like Black Panther um, you actually see um, oh God why am I blanking on that dude's name T'Challa. Uh, May he rest in peace. Fuck, what is that dude's name? The main character. Chadwick Boseman. Holy fuck. Oh, like, God, yeah. Like, how the fuck did I blank on that? Yeah, so um, he's on the poster in America. Like, it's his face, Black Panther. Well, in the Chinese poster, his face is covered up with the Black Panther outfit because they didn't want the uh, poster to be starring a African-American lead role. So that, that really? was a big one. Yeah. They're like, no, 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 you can find out it's black when you watch the film. But <laughs> I didn't hear that. Damn. Yeah, there's there's a lot of censorship that's happening right now. And Ricky Gervais has been absolutely fucking crushing it. I like to watch his, uh, I think it was like Golden Globes number five or some shit like that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he just basically bitches at everybody. He's like, if fucking ISIS had a movie studio, half of you would be on the phone with your agent trying to get a fucking role. So don't. <laughs> Don't talk about politics. Don't talk about, you know, your beliefs. He's like, come up here, accept your award. Thank you, your producer. Thank you, God, get the fuck off. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of shows and stuff, what are, you, what are you watching now? You watching anything good? So I'm not caught up on uh, Stranger Things. I gotta watch that shit. You finished you know? it? No, not yet. Oh, you're not? Okay. So I'm waiting until they do the full release. So I, I spoiled Smart. it. Smart, dude. Episodes, but then I'm just going to basically hole up in a cave and watch the whole thing. The boys is out and, uh, That's, dude, you've been, you watch this season. So I'm, I'm holding off on the same thing. This, this whole, uh, I, I was hoping you had been watching so I could talk to you about it. Oh, oh dude, you want to some hashtag spoilers on there then. I, I don't want to do some spoilers for people, but damn, man, this, this season is ridiculous as far as graphic and dark and the way they're going with the story. It's like, whoa, like, like my, like I'm watching it. My mind's like, I, I don't, I, I feel like I can't say much, but cause I don't want to spoil it, but I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, what? Like, where, I, don't, I don't even know how to explain it, man. It's so good, but it's also so dark at the same time. Like, oh yeah. Wow. I mean, they're, there's a lot of stuff from the comics and how they were going to translate that because the comics are much fucking worse. And uh, as far as like the, the depth and dark, you know, it's it the same thing for uh, the walking dead. Like there, there were episodes in comics. Cause I, I watched that shit before it came out on AMC. Nice. And I mean, the comics were immaculate and they did things in that, that uh, was it make a grown man cry. Like, <laughs> 
they're, they're shitting that time. I mean, there's no way AMC could have done it. You, you could not have greenlit that. And I mean, it's uh, how it is. But then, you know, they, they've done a pretty good job from what I've seen the first two seasons. I will be watching season three of uh, The Boys. Uh, Stranger Things again was great. Be watching that. Um, I mean, try not to have a lot of time for just watching the media. Like, I'm trying to listen to audiobooks too and on current events because, uh, let's face it, Blair, we're living in a wealth of uh, fuckery afoot. I mean, what is it? We're talking about a. Uh, famous people in government. I think the Ukrainian president was on a, uh, he, he was famous and was running for president, became president, was famous, and then all this is happening and he's still making uh, movies and series and shit. It's like, man. So we, we live in a crazy time. Uh, ooh, uh, what the fuck, monkeypox. <laughs> but we, we have a, a brand new about monkeypox. We have a brand new pandemic every two to three weeks. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody's stocking up on toilet paper anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy about that because, uh, you know, with the price of inflation and everything, I can't believe fucking chicken's up that high. What did you say, 17%? I think it was 17 is what that uh, what it was posted. This guy has his own podcast, and he, he talks about politics, current events, and stuff. And it's one of those guys, they were working for the mainstream media, and they're like, nah, we're going to go break off and do our own thing. And... Like, we don't want you to tell us what we have to talk about. We're going to talk about what we want to talk about. And so I can't remember if he's conservative or liberal, but like he's one of the other than his co-host is the opposite of what he is. And so they and they and actually just have like legitimate civil debates and just kind of go back and forth. And it's actually just smooth talking. They're not yelling over one another, trying to get their points across. And it's just like that. Actually, I, I, I mean, this. Yeah, it's actually they sit down and they actually do what we're doing, just talking shit out, and then they have stats mm-hmm. and stuff, and it's kind of it's really good. It's called Breaking Points, and so it's a good podcast. Nice. Yeah, and it's really cool because it's just like no, it's all about right wing. No, it's all about left wing. It's no, we can just talk about the same goddamn bird, but uh, <laughs> they're all they're all shitting all over uh, the rest of us that are uh, footing the bill for the privilege. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, dude, I agree that it's we are in a wealth of access of information for sure i mean and as far as streaming audiobooks podcasts everything man it's like one of the best times if you want to learn something know something you know you can learn it now i would probably be careful on where you're getting your information from but yeah i mean if you're listening to me about politics and stuff you probably are doing the very very wrong thing <laughs> so <laughs> who knows man who knows at this point you know it's it's all about the dollar. Like who, who is supplying the dollar for the message that you're receiving? And you're like, Oh, you know, me as a consumer, no, you're not like the consumer throws up the, uh, the dollar to, I mean, unless it's a strictly paid for uh, subscription and they're not getting outside uh, funding, which everybody is at this point, you're not getting an unbiased view. You're getting somebody that's like, Hey, I mean, if uh, if I was getting paid a shitload of money from Remington, I'm not going to be like, guns are bad, okay? I'm not going to say that. I'm going to be like, you know what? Fuck yeah. I own uh, 39 rifles, and they're all sitting right behind me. <laughs> and uh, and he, each one of them has a slightly different feature. And uh, not not saying pro or anti-gun. I'm very much pro-gun. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> you're not going to go. And if there's... <clears throat> You know, a guy guy comes out or a lady comes out and says, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm vegan." 
they're not going to be uh, hosted by Tyson Chicken. That shit's not happening. Yikes. Right? They're not going to get the funding because they're counterproductive to the message they're trying to send out. And yeah. so when you follow the funding, you follow the, uh, the dollar, it's ultimately exactly what's happening. You know, 2020 was a rough time for small business, but uh, lots of big businesses made a shitload of money crushing target uh, revenues. And so we, we rose on up. And then uh, 2021, we had the great, uh, not the not the great leaving, what was it called? It was a great resignation. That's what they called it. And so people were just like, fuck it, I'm leaving the job. I don't need this. I don't want this. Uh, I can do something else. And you know, I can get some of that cushy government uh, subsidy to float me until I don't. So people were leaving out. And then all of a sudden, there was this vacuum of jobs. Well, now you have people coming in new jobs, but they're still very much in that fuck it mentality. And I'm saying, you know, the great resignation hasn't happened yet. I said, you had the great shuffle of 2021. Like you're now getting a lot of people, I'm seeing this in various industries, people who are, you know, your workhorses, your rock stars, the ones that are really getting shit done in a variety of industries have been put in a weird situation because they're now doing the work of all these people that have left. They're still there. There's not been, for the most part, a few, few places have been doing it right. There's not been this equitable adjustment of uh, the people who are working there. And so you're getting ready to get the pillars to crumble. That's where you're going to start seeing a lot of the snowball effects. People are going to fucking leave jobs in which they were originally indispensable. Companies are going to start either shuttering up or having to pivot or backtrack and how much of a service they provide. And then all of a sudden, faith in companies are you know beginning to drop. And stocks, you know, is purely a faith-based system at this point. I think uh, there's a new article was uh, like, well, maybe the stock market's not bad. Maybe it's just how you view the stock market and your shitty opinion. The problem is they're not wrong. Like you can value a company like um, you take Apple. Apple, I think uh, at one point was, they were the first trillion dollar company. They were. So you can value them. You can look at all the metrics and stuff and say, hey, this is a great company or not. But the way that the price of stocks work on the stock market is if there's a shitload of people that want to sell and the volume isn't enough that the people who are selling are trying to do it, then the price drops because they're like, we want people to buy the stock. So the price goes down. Well, the same thing. If there's like everybody wants to buy it, but there's not a lot of stocks available, the price goes up. It's supply and demand. Simple. And public opinion affects that. People don't want to say it or people do want to say it. It's not the only thing. I mean, a, a brick of gold is worth a brick of gold. If nobody's buying it, then, well, you're just going to sit on a fucking hunk of gold until uh, people do. It doesn't change it, but it does change what people are willing to barter for it. And a lot of companies are saying that, you know, if they're missing targets, like Tesla, you know, the uh, I think they're doing a stock split to uh, be able to make it more affordable. I'm like, fuck no, they're trying to get more investors because uh, they're not they're not producing as much as they could. I mean, they're still coming out with cars and stuff, but they're yeah. not, uh, you know, again, they're not pushing out these uh, flagship projects like the truck. So, you know, they're trying to get more capital to uh, move everything along. And it's, it's, a, it's a whole big fucking system, man. And we're just a very tiny piece of it. And if you're going to be conscious of where you get your news, you need to figure out where the fuck your commercials are coming from. Like, 
yeah, there's going to be a, a toilet paper shortage in the next fucking commercials. Two bears wiping their ass in the woods, bruh. I'm telling you, there, you do not have to search hard to figure out how that message is being spun. Somebody at the gym the other day told me that uh, there's going to be a tampon shortage now. I forgot what article she read, but she said she looked it up. I was like, what? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was like, a tampon shortage? Yeah. So, yeah, I was like, I was like, send me that article. But I guess it, I don't know. It could be. I don't know, man. Just, oh, dude. Dude, that's a punchline. But you thought it was. Okay, so. Um, what? I thought you were going to sing it to me. Like, uh, no, I thought it was, it's legit, right? So there's a, uh, there's a tampon shortage right now in the U S and the reason being is everybody's uh, such a fucking pussy. And, uh, I was like, what? No. So I, thought, I thought you were laying that shit. No, on. I didn't, I didn't set it. <laughs> no, I didn't set that up, but I thought yeah, it's legit. Basically. I wonder, I guess I got a Google box right here. So, uh, I mean, I do know we have a baby formula shortage and yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's hear what, what else is fucked up in the country right now. All right, so, all right, yep. Uh, I don't need to do, I don't want to manage my, whatever. Um, a tampon, all right, so on CNN business, here we go. CNN. Oh, so it is legitimate then. A tampon, <laughs> a tampon right. is the latest nightmare for women. Update June 10th, 404. Mm-hmm. All right, so the main headline, I'll just read this out real quick. Supply chain problems and inflation have hit virtually all consumer goods, but women who menstruate are now facing an added strain as a shortage of period products hits the United States. Fuck. It's all, I mean, God damn, man. Like, there, there's just a shortage of something that we have, I guess, for a very, very long time, not considered to be an issue. Yeah, like the toilet paper was one thing. Now the infant formula is another. Tampons going to be a fucking thing. It's, we keep getting shortages of things that are somewhat and fairly essential. Like, you know, as, as a dude, I don't care about tampons, me personally. But, you know, as like someone who has family members who are, in fact, of uh, the, uh, I guess, the female gender. If uh, we, we can go on to genders, I don't know. Uh, I mean, fuck it. Like, I do. You know, like there, that's a legitimate concern because, you know, there, there's tampons, there's pads, there's things, but, you know, in order to not really have a very disruptive day for a lot of people, like you need to have this, uh, these feminine products and, you know, people who don't want to have, I don't know, dead babies might be a, a fucking sore subject for a lot of people. So that infant formula is, uh, is a big fucking deal, you know, not being able to wipe your ass. Yeah. You get, get a washcloth, wash out with some soap, you'd be all right. But, you know, we're getting to the point now that there's there's some legitimate shortages that are coming through that affect people on just, you know, more than the slight inconvenience. And you do you know, think part of, the, part of this is fear mongering that they just uh, keep people percent. scared now all the time? Like there's always a shortage. There's always something wrong. It's always. This. And, and that's the thing, you know, you don't actually know if there's a shortage when they announce it. You just know that the fear-mongering and the buying process afterwards. I mean, the, all those people are like, oh, we're, you know, now that it's $5, there's every fucking drop of gas you can find. But last year, it's like, oh, there's a gas shortage. Uh, the pipeline was down for a couple hours, and now we're uh, we're out of gas. Well, side note, we weren't fucking out of gas. But, um, you know, you had people going and putting it in fucking Dixie cups and plastic bags. And, I mean, that this is truly, you know, uh, was it Churchill said the uh, 
greatest argument against democracy is a five minute conversation with the average voter. It's like, holy shit, you see fucking people filling up plastic totes with gas. And I'm just sitting there going like, how the fuck do they think they're even going to get it into their car? It's like, you know, what are they going to do? They're going to take a little funnel, stick it in there and pour it. And that's me assuming that these people are bright, knowing that they're putting like, they're like, well, you know, I doubled up the plastic bag and put the gas in it. Like I've seen people pouring gas in fucking Kroger bags. Well, I doubled it up. Like that shit doesn't even make it like. <laughs> they're getting groceries. They didn't put a case of or a gallon of milk in that bag, bro. What the hell? Yeah. A gallon of gas, man. You know, uh, and that's the sort of shit. Like there's always something that's becoming a shortage. And you don't know if because they announced a shortage that they caused a shortage versus there was a shortage and that they announced it. And that's really where, you know, a lot of people's frustration are with uh, the mainstream media. It's like, are you, are you guys causing this because you're saying it? Or are you reporting the facts? And all, all the media outlets have been doing such a shit job of reporting the facts that, uh, you know, what the fuck? Again, nobody gave a fuck about monkeypox. It, it fell off the uh, planet. We're, we're eight months into, uh, no, I'm sorry, eight weeks, 10 weeks into the war with Ukraine. So we stopped hearing about fucking COVID. Like the day he invaded uh, the Ukraine, fucking COVID died. Yeah. Nobody heard about it. It didn't get spoken yeah. about. It's not a problem. Like, you know, mass mandates were lifted. All of a sudden we're, we're supporting the Ukraine and shit. And we're like, the fuck? Yeah, I wonder if because and I know we're, we're getting kind of short on time here, but I, I know, uh, you know, they try to throw out monkeypox like, oh, it's so scary or whatever. But it's really not as bad as what the news made. It's like you, never is. Yeah, it's like you'll be OK. You might just you know, I think you get hives or bumps on yourself and you might feel bad for a couple of weeks or something. But then they try to make it like a homosexual kind of thing because I think two guys got it at a rave and whatever country and so yeah it's like oh let's use this and like scare, yeah, like, let's oh, scare people. Wouldn't, wouldn't have AIDS in this country if that guy had butt fucked a monkey <laughs> I, like, I, I remember that being a thing exactly up. and uh, I mean that for for those viewers at home who think that I'm serious I'm I'm serious when people that. Thing, but that's not what happened <laughs> <laughs> that's not where the the virus come from um but but please don't have sex with farm animals you shouldn't do that or non-farm animals just like, you know, don't animal sex. Just don't. All right. I'm going to throw that out there. That's my line in the sand. Don't fuck animals and children. Like don't do it. But you know, other than that, you know, it's a thing adults. But yeah. It's, we can take it home on that one right there. Big <laughs> And we're out. Um, yeah. If people want to find, the Twitch channel and stuff. Let them know, bro. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the God who weeps. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think I finally figured out why I'm weeping. It's because all this sad shit we're going through, and uh, not enough video games in my life. Boom, boom. Not enough video games. Not enough time to f- crush Netflix and all the cool content that we got right now, bro. That's it. Trying to make a little cool content right here for uh, you guys at home. Yeah, but John, again. Appreciate you doing this with me again, because, uh, you know, without you, I wouldn't have many episodes and you were one of the biggest guys that supported me on this project. It was right there behind me and supported me and helped me out, gave me feedback, pushed me. You know, you're uh, you're my boy, Blue, as as they say. So, it's been yeah. fun. It's been great. I get to get uh, a lot of shit off my chest. Uh, I think it's cathartic at this point and uh, hopefully we can get some people uh, 
interacting. I haven't seen anybody join the chat. I did a very shit job of uh, <laughs> putting up like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna be live streaming this. I think we planned it about three four minutes. Yeah, I was that's also kind of too, but but again, like you know, with you know, I'm very thankful to have people like you in my life to. Yeah, man, likewise. Yeah, I will uh, virtually cheer you, salute you one more time. And, uh, and uh, we'll you know, talk how much this looks like a testicle. When I did that, I was like, oh, hell. And yeah, we'll take it home on that one. So, uh, again, appreciate you doing this, man. Appreciate you being here. Oh, likewise, man. Uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. And uh, for those of you that uh, aren't watching this, but will see it, uh, I'll be posting this uh, at the same time that uh, Chris does, again, on uh, The God Who Weeps on YouTube and uh, it'll be of course Chewler select and any other place where you get your podcasts. Okay. Everybody we're out of here. Uh, good night and good news. Whammy. There we go. So yeah, talking about the, uh, the Oculus Rift and Facebook, which uh, I think the metaverse is the only thing that's going to keep them relevant in the next three to five years. We're, we're looking at, you know, a visionary. You can say that he stole it from the Winklevosses. You can say that it was his own flavor that made Facebook popular. You could say there was a rise of uh, things like, what was it, um, MySpace that really kind of, you know, brought it together. You could have said that, you know, his ability, you know, I'm talking about Zuckerberg, to be able to bring uh, this multi-hosting, uh, like they're, they're in everything. Facebook is, you know, it's, Constantly doing business. If you want to start your own business, you need to have a Facebook page. You know, old people are finally adopting it. And I say old people, I mean like over 70. Yeah. Using it to keep up with people. Kids don't use it as much though. And uh, I think that the Oculus Rift is, it is their way of either saying we're going to be relevant in three years or we're not going to be in business. Mm. And, you know, people don't want to talk about Facebook stock eating the, you know, eating a shit, but it is 100% the abandonment rates from people who are on there, you know, to go to other mediums, to go to TikTok, to go to YouTube. I mean, at this point, you know, Facebook's trying to do, and we, we try to do the uh, Facebook uh, streaming and their, their interface is just fucking clunky. Mm-hmm. And they're not, they're not ready. They're not built for it. Yeah. I think uh, they're going to need re-up. But, uh, <laughs> You know, they're not ready to do the streaming like, I don't know, a company like Facebook should be. They're, you know, not putting the money and time into that. They're going and they're digging deep for the Oculus. So they buy Oculus, good fucking call by them, and they're doing the metaverse. There was the uh, the recent story about the chick who uh, said that she was sexually assaulted on the metaverse. So that that took a Yeah, we talked about that last time, I think. Wait, we tried. That's we did. Fresh, that's fresh, dude. We talked about that a couple of days ago on the phone. That was, uh, I mean, it, it uh, was a big deal and a big uh, black eye for people who are wanting to adopt it because, I mean, Oculus has the ability to take what people love about the internet and make it very much like Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. Is uh, the best way I can put it. The more of the book, less the movie, but also the movie. If uh, you've seen them. I've seen both. It's I saw a the movie. Never. I haven't watched the book or read the book. It's it's fucking great. Uh, very different direction than uh, they took the movie. The movie they they shortened some stuff, but I mean, yeah, it's fucking book versus movie. Um, it's good either way. You know, I think as a white cisgendered white cisgendered male, they 
kind of, you know, pander to you and myself. And that's cool for us, I guess, you know, everybody else, you know, maybe not so cool. Or maybe it is cool. Maybe they want to be like us. I mean, people are changing, being very fluid. Uh, people do what the fuck they want to do, though. Treat them with respect. If they're an asshole to you, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm moving back into uh, this idea that, you know, the metaverse is coming. There's an opportunity to get people into these VR headsets. Like, VR has been trying to be adapted since the fucking 80s. Nobody has really done a very good job of it. But recently, the last couple of iterations of VR, 3D and stuff, <clears throat> has kind of made some traction. So now you get the Oculus. Oculus was the big, big boy gamer. Like they were the platform you wanted to be on. Yeah. And Facebook bottom, they're adjusting it and they're really trying to do this open world thing. Now the, the business applications are fucking huge. You can go and, I mean, you can send somebody a $5,000 rig, $3,000 rig or less to their home, put the headset on, and now all of a sudden you're having a virtual meeting. You're able to use, like, there's a lot of the things that people say that they miss about being on site. Well, one of the big things, of course, is a whiteboard. Being able to see people's faces. You know, you have um, the ability to almost be 100% digitally engaged at almost a real way. Right. And then with, like, you know, cloud services, now all of a sudden you can get an office full of Oculus, like you know, Oculus headsets. And they're able to pull up spreadsheets, share them in real time. You can walk up, see what people are doing. Screen size is no longer an option. So instead of trying to upgrade screens, keyboards, shit like that, you're updating everything on the cloud. And as long as your $300 headset and gloves work, which is very cheap comparatively speaking, sure, you're in the like swimwear. So from that, it's highly highly visionary this is you know what microsoft was trying to do and uh google with google glass was trying to do oh yeah now with the gaming i mean there's a lot of people who are doing you know fortnite gaming uh there's another one where um you do like spider-man shit and i actually don't know what game it is it may be apex uh but like you can interact with your hands in order to both like literally like you can grab a hold of things like an electric grapple swing around shoot people do cool stuff so gaming has a ton of applications vr simulations for training ton of applications so being able to push into that and do it well is facebook's priority they do it well they're fucking cemented they're good to go they're not gonna have to worry about it if not um they have three years for you to get out, five years if uh, if you got stock in it, fucking sell that shit. It's not going to be any more valuable than it is right now. And that's because of all the things they've done to really kind of curtail their uh, chat. So as my humble opinion, uh, when I'm writing a couple of years, we will revisit this video though. Uh, <laughs> Episode 104, baby. Yep, part two. <laughs> and it's, it is wild to think how much that, I mean, people used Facebook, and I still get on it a lot to check a few videos and things and make the daily bitch. But, <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm checking out some of the things, like where it's getting posted, who's looking at it, are there any likes? And, you know, they're tailoring and moving things 
so that it's basically to get people to flip, like the more you're scrolling, because there's there's no incentive, and we talked about money just a minute ago. Sure. There's no, there's no incentive for Facebook to show your post to the public unless it makes people basically scroll to the next thing. And then that next thing being a commercial spot for a whatever. Like there's so many things like sponsored ads, recommended for you and all this, because the more you scroll, they're being paid by sponsors for, well, how many people are going to see my ad? Oh, well, and this particular area. And trust me, they get it down to the, uh, the router almost like these people watch this kind of content. You're going to want exposure to, um, you know, Southwest Virginia. And we're going to serve this up at these particular times. And you're going to get at least, you know, a hundred thousand people to scroll over it. And if that's, you know, a penny per, and you're making a product that they click on it, that pays for, you know, what is a hundred thousand of a penny? That's a thousand bucks. So you, you spend a thousand dollars, you get a uh, hundred thousand people exposed. But if you get a thousand people, Again, like 99% of people say, fuck it and don't watch. But then you get a thousand people to watch. And then 500 people, let's say even 20%, I think it's the 80 20 rule. You get 20 people. Okay. Or actually, it would be 200 people. So it'd be 200 people to buy your product. Then uh, if you're selling a product that you gross more than 200 people, which most products are, than $1,000, it's a fucking no brainer. But that's really becoming the thing where people are abandoning Facebook because it was this place where you could go out and you could say things and people could be heard. But now people are so averse to hearing and there's no more debating online. And that, that shit got curtailed. You know, you're either the loudest or the one that has the snappy comeback. It's never the first thing you say. It's always the second. Sometimes you can get the third, but... It's really, it's like you make the first post, whoever makes the second is really it. And then people are just like, fuck it. They're not posting. They're not getting the likes, the subscriptions. Uh, If you're established already on Facebook, fantastic. Like you're there, but otherwise you're just moving to a different medium. And we're, we're seeing that, uh, that move through. So Oculus or bust for them. Bro, have you thought about this a lot? Apparently, I mean, damn. I mean, or is that just right off the top of your head, right there? You just came up with that whole rant right there. A little bit. That was that. impressive. I was like, "Fuck." Uh, so it, it's a bit of both, and I, I did some experimentation on Facebook some time ago, and I created a group, and uh, you can't find it now because it's invite only, and I really wanted to see. And this this is the stuff that they did on a much larger scale. And, you know, I mean, there's things you can look up on uh, any of these services that uh, they'll, it'll boggle your mind, like what they do to get the dopamine continuing to flow for the like, subscribe, and the uh, continued scroll. But we created a group, basically, of people that I knew were a bunch of assholes just like me. And uh, it was a group that had a single rule, and it was post whatever you want. If you want to, you can leave. And, uh, and it was basically a social experiment to see if people could, you know, like have both a safe space to feel like they could post things and also go and 
figure out like what is your threshold and you know people were putting up the usual stuff like oh you know anti-religion anti um let's see here like anti-religion anti uh, left wing right wing um and then of course like you got the dead baby jokes and like just uh, really the like heavy dredged shit and the moral of the story is that people have lines in the sand and they say that they don't they say oh you know i can tolerate it i can do anything i can i can scroll past it but there everyone has a line in the sand and once that line hit then there was blood in the water because a lot of the people they're like oh my god you can't post that that's fucked up and it's like that there was only one rule post whatever you want leave leave if you can't handle it and you know, these were people, again, like I had picked from my friends group, some of which are no longer friends with me. As a matter of fact, I lost a friend over it. Uh, specifically, he, uh, he very, well, he, he got incensed and told me that, like, a, a guy posted something. And he said, that's fucked up. You need to kick him off the group. And I said, no. I said, these are the rules. I was like, you could have just scrolled past it. <clears throat> and it becomes that, <clears throat> we'll tell you. It becomes that idea of like, you know, can people leave well enough alone? Can you see something and move past it? Um, what is it? This guy guy died on the subway and he was overlooked because he was homeless for 12 or 24 hours. And it wasn't until he began to smell. It was in LA or something. It was actually part of uh, the Jamie Foxx uh, movie with uh, Tom Cruise, uh, Collateral. Collateral. Yeah. Collateral. Um, it's one of the, the last things and he dies on a subway. Uh, spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen a movie from 2006-ish. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But, um, you know, he goes and the whole point of that is that there's people who, as a whole, generally will just ignore shit and they'll move right through it. But once you are in this online platform you feel like your opinion is the one that supersedes everyone else's and that you have to be the one that's right or correct or whatever sure. i'm i have been as if not more guilty than a lot of other people for that shit and i enjoy it i love uh i like shit posting just to uh get into the debates i did that years ago i uh scroll a lot of it down just because quite frankly it's if you're not getting exposure to new individuals, which now, I mean, Facebook has opened it up like public versus just your friends and right. shit, but you know, you're not, you're not really seeing the public interaction. And it's like, what, what's the point? You're just talking shit amongst your friends. And that's making a long story short. It doesn't matter. And there's a certain point that people just start ignoring everything because they become so desensitized and then flash forward, you know, it took, it took a micro group in 20, I think I did this in 2016, 2017, but it took a micro group about six months, uh, maybe four to devolve into everybody just fucking left because it, it became a point of, you know, people didn't care or people just didn't want to see it anymore or there's a fucking amount that was my line in the sand. And so Facebook is now, you know, to combat stuff like this, they put in this extra censoring and it's always the fact checkers actually uh, did a, a shit post on uh, something. It was like, you know, if uh, we're, we're going to go deep here, it's like the gun violence in the U.S. Uh, schools. If we spent $45 billion to protect kids in schools instead of the war on the Ukraine, and it was flagged as, uh, as 
potentially fall. Oh no, flagged as misleading. That's what it was. Because, and I shit you not, the entirety of the post. So my post got flagged. And like, there's no way to say, well, that's right or it's wrong or it's indifferent. You can, you can fight it, but don't even a fuck. Like by the time you've posted it and it gets flagged and you reverse it, nobody's going to your fucking week old post. It's, uh, it's a joke. But so it got flagged. I looked at it and I was like, well, you know, here's all the good things we did with that money in the Ukraine. I'm like, I didn't fucking say what we did or didn't do with the money in Ukraine. It's just like, this is the money we've spent. And this is the money that could have been spent elsewhere. But their whole thing was like, it was misleading. It was like, well, you're, you're taken away from the fact that the humanitarian efforts in the Ukraine is like, um, no, no, it's about where the money went between two places. It doesn't matter if it's like, well, you know, uh, guy loses a hundred dollars. doesn't matter if he, uh, you know, spent the money given uh, baby formula to uh, an orphaned child or, you know, went to the strip club and spent it on a single mom. Like, you know, the money's fucking gone. Yeah. Happened. So it's interesting. That's, uh, I mean, that's a lot of why, like, you know, some, some personal, uh, I guess, I guess I'm a, uh, what do you call those things? Uh, they used to have integrity back in the day. Journalist. That's what it is. Like a self-made journalist. <laughs> uh, like, like, like poking, poking shit with a stick and, figuring out what uh, bad things are that's you're talking about the oculus rift it's super fun you know uh we should it was be- fun well, yeah. now, what was your exposure did you buy one no i did not buy one but um i think they're coming out with an oculus is it they have two out right now so they're coming out with three they have two the oculus rift two and the oculus something else too. i think it's gonna be the third one and yeah. that was the only reason i haven't bought it yet because well, why would i buy this one when the third one's gonna be coming out soon so, which when I thought when I thought soon, I thought like literally within a year. So I don't know even when it comes out. I guess I could Google it right now, but I don't want to. But yeah, but I had fun. I played it for probably thirty minutes. It was cool. It was completely different. Like you know, I was really worried about my headspace and balance being off because you know you watch those fail videos of people like running into the TV wearing them and everything. But it really wasn't. I was kind of like, all right, I know where I'm at. There's the couch. Here's a wall. And but but you're just you're like, oh, it kind of gives you boundaries too. It's like, hey, if you step out of this boundary, yeah. you're probably going to get fucked up. Yeah, the um, the Rift Two does a really good job. Uh, buddy of mine uses it to play ping pong, and there's a very competitive ping pong uh, group on the Rift. And they have like, you know, national scoring and shit. And it'll actually, you're able to view your room because there's outward facing cameras. Sure. And you can view the room and it will give you a boundary and tell you when you're going to run into stuff. So when I see people that are like jumping on the floor or throwing shit, I'm like, this, this is just people trying to get a, you know, hundred thousand likes. That's what I wondered. I was like, what? Because, you know, it's the first time I put it on. I think my friends, like a couple of friends I was with, they was the first time they were putting it on. It's like, Unless we're just, you know, not what, what's the word am I looking for? Uh, I don't know. We're just lucky, I guess, that we didn't get hurt. But it was like, you know, we played Beat Saber, right? And that game was super fun. But, oh. Yeah, it was just like, what the fuck? I guess it's cool. But, and, but yeah, there was, I had, I, I never felt like I was going to go throw myself into the TV or over the couch and break my shoulder or something. So, but it was super fun. It was fun. You're not a fucking idiot. That's why. That's what I was like. Come on, you know, you, everyone, most people have a sense of surroundings and awareness. Like, you know, I walk into a room, I pretty much know. Even if this is a brand new room, I've 
probably never been in in my life. If I have, I don't remember it. But I was like, okay, I walk in there. I didn't immediately put it on, but I had, you know, here's a couch. There's a table over there. There's a TV. My boys are over here. Yeah. It's like, I'm not, you know, I know what's going on here. So, yeah. You decided to, like, run headfirst into the wall because you got scared. (laughs) That's kind of of what it's like. It's like, is that what somebody just decided to do? Like, just take off running just because they're nervous or scared? It's like, if I was nervous or scared, I could easily just, oh, I'm back in real life right here. I'm good to go. Yeah. I mean, we've not gotten to that point where the graphics are so amazing that it looks one for one. Now, we're close. We're not, yeah. but I mean, it's, it's still just because of what it takes to render a 3d image cleanly. You don't know what angle the person who's wearing a three dimensional camera. So it's very different. You know, we, we play 3d games, but ultimately the camera angle is only going to be so many locations and you can program for that with the Oculus. I mean, you're in a, you know, a firefighter, whatever you can, you can literally duck your body. You can jump. You can swivel your head. You'll be looking behind you. Like, so it's trying to render everything simultaneously. And you've got to have a shitload of computing power for that. And we've not caught up. Sure. We're close, but we're not there yet. And that's okay. But, I mean, I see a pixelated thing. I mean, I'm going to, uh, but, I mean, I guess there are some people that are, sure. <laughs> you know, uh, was it Waterboy? <laughs> Don't make fun of me. He's got a big movie out now. The Hustle, I watched it Friday night. How is it? I've heard good things. That's what I did for my birthday. Um, All right, sorry. uh, This is how I told my brother about it. Um, All right, you watch Rocky. Yeah. All right, so picture Rocky, but with basketball. Okay. That makes a lot of sense for him to do that. Yeah, and and it's a very serious – did you see Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler? Watch it. You gotta watch one. That's probably one of his better movies. And so it's a very serious movie, um, very similar to uncut or uncut gems. So he does a serious role, and it was like, damn, you know, this is what this guy can do. Where he did these stupid comedy, you know, dumb roles all his life, and now he's into this serious, you know, more like, hey, I'm being a serious actor right here, and you know, he's killing it. I mean, it crushes. You know, there was a lot of different takes i thought they were going to do with the movie and i don't want to spoil it for you but you know there was a lot of different ways they could have went and i was like oh you know this this guy's not going to give us a break because of you know what just happened in two scenes ago or something like that you know and but it you know it, it wasn't like a m night Shyamalan twist or anything but it was like, mm, well i would have went a different way but it was good it was great it's we're definitely worth watching for sure but yeah rocky meets basketball new era but it's it's set in philadelphia too which is cool nice which is a great city, too. I've been there. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Pete or uh, Pat or Gina's. I don't know who that is. Billy Stakes, baby. They're the on the corner. It's Pat and Gino's. Pat and Gino's. Yeah. I, I did not. For some reason, I thought you said Pat something else, like a last name. Pete, I up, but uh, I've been to Gino's. I went there. Yeah, I didn't go to Pat's. I was like, somebody told me to go to Gino's. Like, mm, it's good. It was great. But yeah, Pat's good, different they're, reasons. They're literally across from each other. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was they, like, uh, they matched their prices because there was like a price war for a long time. <laughs> like, Same price. 
Yeah, but no, it's uh, but that's what it is. It's definitely worth watching. And Uncut Gems is definitely worth. That's probably it's definitely better than the Hustle is what this one's called. But I would watch Uncut Gems first. Badass, very badass movie. And it's like you know, he's all about the basketball. I don't know about the hip hop life culture, but he's very about the basketball culture, and that's kind of goes inside with the hip hop culture. So, and that's what both movies are kind of going coincide with. And it's the way it's done. It's just cool, you know. It's yeah. just it's just because it's very very different than what your normal Adam Sandler takes are. And you're like, oh, never see him in this light. It's like, wow, you are really good. Yeah, and I, that's been a developed time because like the wedding singer like that i mean he was trying to be serious in that what was the other like serious movie he was in and it wasn't good but like now uh, now click, it's click. a polish actor was it click or spanglish oh god it was spanglish fuck i forgot about that movie i i saw it oh uh, yeah that was just that was different that was weird was no no and then he did uh drunk love Punch Drunk Love. Oh, Punch, Drunk, Punch Drunk Love. And I don't, I don't think I made it all the way through that one. I was just like, hmm. That's okay. I, I hear the producer didn't either. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, like, we're, we're talking shit about a dude who's who's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And is, he's finally getting his uh, sea legs under him for dramatic. Exactly. You know what? Kudos to him. And everybody in Happy Madison are guys that he played basketball with. Exactly. Like he uses the same boys in all of his movies, and that's cool, you know? There's people. Yeah, like there's boys, there's his tribe, and he uses them and brings them along. He doesn't leave them hanging, and they do well. I mean, in my opinion, they do very well. It's great. You know, one of his, uh, I want to say like pseudo serious was actually the cartoon Eight Crazy Nights. And I remember that one. That was good. And it was as serious as I thought he could be. But now that I'm hearing that he's doing better in these roles, I mean, Oh, was it the ridiculous six? I heard kind of shit the bed. Yeah, that was weird. I saw it. I was like, that's not, you know, it's not the meme worthiness, you know, of Waterboy, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison. Back, back in the days before we had the internet, we had one good movie to last for a fucking year. <laughs> it's not what it was. No, and he did that, uh, it's also on Netflix, Hubie's Halloween. I wanted to see it because I heard it was very much like Ernest, like kind of an Ernest saying. So, all right. So what he said was there was a quote from him and he was saying that if he doesn't win, is it a Grammy or an Oscar that you win for movies? Oscar? Grammy is uh, music. Okay. So an Oscar. So if he doesn't win an Oscar for uncut gems, he's going to make, he said he would make the worst movie he could possibly make. And just to make a point or something like that, something along those lines. And so he made Hubie Halloween, which it was another kind of stupid, kind of funny comedy, but it wasn't one of the worst movies he's made, I thought. I think like Jack and Jill or something is what I... I, I forgot heard. that was a thing. Yeah, I heard that's probably one of his worst movies ever. But, but I was like, it's okay. But he has a lot of celebrities come in and do their little cameos, and I think that's what made it okay. Yeah. Hey, cameos by celebrities are uh, a popular thing, as we were just talking about, right? Exactly, man. They get their stuff out. They have a little, you know, a little uh, shining moment. So, anyway. Let me give you a couple thousand dollars. Come out. Give your spiel, whether it's yours or not. Yep. John, let's take this one home, too, on part two here. We're we, we going way over what we said we were going to do tonight. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, boy. We'll do it again. Appreciate you. Appreciate you again, man. All right, take care. Hey, uh.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 